Extra time, Immaculate Grid, Grid 150 on the 30th of August. It is Wednesday. This is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. Make sure you listen to the big show on Saturdays at noon. The last show is on Instant Replay. We start with the advent of Instant Replay in 1963 in here. Steve and I wax on about how it changed the game during our lifetimes and how we, you know, enjoy the game and consume the game and how things have differed over the years. So it's a pretty good episode. And of course, Extra Time, Immaculate Grid, this show drops every day at 9 p.m. Pacific. So let's jump right in. We're going to burn through Today's grid, we've got a couple of uh, key notes on a couple of the squares. So let's just attack the grid. Normal from left to right, top to bottom versus how we like to go for the career achievement typically. But let's look at the grid. Left to right, the columns, Cincinnati Reds in the far left, San Francisco Giants in the middle, and then 300 plus average for career on the far right-hand side. Four. The rows, we have the Baltimore Orioles at the top, Houston Astros in the middle, and the Padres on the bottom. So let's just go left to right, top to bottom, Reds and Orioles. We went Frank Robinson here. This was pretty popular pick, 41%. Could have gone Eric Davis as well, you know, more recent, but, you know, we were just trying to, you know, get one in the cup. For Giants and Orioles, we actually went Will Clark here, 11%. Uh, we could have done Eric Davis here as well, but we wanted to get Will in. We're always shamelessly going to get Will. But because we did that, we had to go a little crusty on the 300 average for career. So we went Rogers, Hornsby. We could have gone Will here, but I couldn't really come up with anybody else for this particular square at this particular time. So I had to go old school Earl Weaver baseball, Commodore Amiga Knowledge and stats had to go crusty as all get out. Then in the next row, we've got Reds and Houston. And of course, uh, Joe Morgan fits here. This back is actually, Morgan was a Colt 45. So it was before they had changed their name to the Astros. And I think for the better, of course, for a lot of different reasons. But Joe Morgan here had the back-to-back MVP seasons. And we detail that, those uh, 1975 to 1979, highlighting Dave Parker and how we used to describe shows, this would be embedded in the description, so you had to press more. But now when you look at it, we are putting what the topics are at the top to make it easier for you to find. But I believe this was one of the revised ways we did topics. So look for that 75 to 79 season highlight joe morgan had back-to-back mvps and we talk about dave parker and some of the other guys during those seasons for the middle square we went bob nepper for giants and astros bob nepper you know one of those again danny darwin uh, jim deshays all of these just guys that found their way on the giants late in their career i it just there's a plethora of them and it's kind of crazy then for 300 plus average career and Houston, again, easy button. We were just trying to get through today. Jose Altuve, we're in a little bit of a rush today. Then for Reds and Padres, we went Matt Latos. 
And then this is where we start having some of the notes for you. So for Giants and Padres, we went Chris Brown, 0.9%. Chris Brown was a young third baseman for the Giants. And it's weird. I mean, great for the Giants. It worked out, you know, differently for the Giants. But in 1988, the Giants would trade Chris Brown, Keith Comstock, Mark Davis, and Mark Grant for Kevin Mitchell, Dave Trevecki, and Craig Lefferts. I have no idea. I, I don't, even then, I didn't understand why the Padres would do this. And I'm assuming it's because Brown, you know, was coming off of the previous you know, season before, maybe it was two years before 86, he had basically, excuse me, so this is 87, I'm sorry, this is 1987 trade. But um, Chris Brown had come off an all-star season in 86, batted over 300, but, you know, he was temperamental with the Giants, they had attitude problems with him, and was he the key piece in this? And what the Giants got back versus what they gave up was almost nothing. And it's kind of funny. So in two seasons, Chris Brown would have a 234, 295, 316 slash and 124 games with the Padres. He would go to Detroit, and then he was basically out of the league in a couple of years. Keith's Comstock spent two seasons with the Padres. He would have a 573 ERA, 34 games, 44 innings pitch, 47 Ks. Keith Comstock was kind of already long in the tooth. He was already in his 30s, so it wasn't like he was a young prospect. And maybe these are the two pieces that the Padres really liked. You had Mark Davis and Mark Grant. Both of them were younger guys. Mark Grant's one of those dudes. He's kind of like Jim Plunkett. Dude had like a Bruce Bochy head. I just remember him having this massive head. But Mark Davis would probably be the best piece that the Padres would get back. Five seasons. He goes 14 and 20, 275 ERA. He'd have 78 saves, including 44 in 1989. He'd win the Cy Young. That's kind of it. Grant would have three seasons, 17 and 18. He'd have a 398 ERA in 126 games, 28 starts, 355 innings pitch, and 217K. That's what the Padres got. The Giants got five seasons out of Mitchell, his best seasons, 278. 356, 536 slash. Then, of course, he had the 89 MVP, 47 home runs, 125 RBI, 635 slugging, a 192 uh, OPS plus, and 345 total bases. And he led the league in each of those categories. Dave Dravecki is probably the tragic story here. Of course, he would pitch in Montreal. He would end up uh, breaking his left arm. It turned out it was cancerous. He would have to have his arm amputated. But, you know, he would lead the Giants in the 87 playoffs. Did really well. Had a one, the 1-0 game that he lost to game six against St. Louis. The Giants were up three games to two. We've talked about this many, many, many times. We'll continue to grouse about it. Fly ball by Tony Pena to right field. Kenny Maldonado misplays the ball, falls in for a triple Giants, lose 1-0. Dravecki started that game. Dravecki would go 11-7 and in two-plus seasons with the Giants. He'd have a 322 ERA, 27 games, 27 starts. He would pitch 162 innings with a 102 Ks. He'd have a solid 116 ERA plus and have 2.27 Ks per walk. So he was really solid for the Giants. It's just, it's, you know, career cut short. And then Craig Lefferts, he was actually solid for the Giants. He was the guy that would sprint 
from the bullpen. So one of the first guys to kind of do the crazy, you know, sprint out of the bullpen to the mound. But um, Leverts would have three seasons with the Giants. He'd go eight and 15. He have a 288 ERA, 178 games, 246 innings pitch, 147K. He'd throw in 35 saves for the Giants. He'd have an ERA plus of 120 and 2.33 Ks per, per walk. So he did pretty well for the Giants. And then he would actually leave after 89 as a free agent and actually go back to the Padres. So we go Chris Ground here, 0.9%. And then the bottom right-hand square, the last one, we went John Cruck, 2%. Only because we wanted to talk about Cruck. We could have easily gone Gwen here. But in 89, he was traded with Randy Reddy for Chris James. And this is according to Bill Baer of NBC Sports. Cruck was having a terrible season that year. And they shipped him off. Uh, to Phillies, but the reason why apparently he was having a terrible season is he his actual roommate that he lived with was an armed robber and was being investigated by the FBI, and he was approached by the FBI, and so he was worried that uh, you know something might happen to him relative to his roommate being investigated, and uh, he just kind of needed to get out of Dodge. So he was batting 184 in 31 games that particular year and got traded, uh, you know, with Randy Reddy. So it was kind of a not much trade. Chris James was kind of a journeyman. He would actually finish out the rest of the season uh, pretty well for the Padres. The Padres were chasing the Giants that year, but finished second. And Randy Reddy was, you know, kind of a utility guy, second baseman. But uh, the balance of that year, Crook would actually in 81 games bat 331 with a 386 on base and 473 slash. For his six seasons with the Phillies, he would bat 309 with a 400 on base, 461 slugging, and an OPS of 138. So really, really solid for Crook. And then according to uh, Posnanski, I heard on a podcast today that he was with the White Sox. And then right in the during the season, he had an at bat, got a hit, was replaced by a pinch runner, and then retired. And he retired because he finished his career right at 300 batting average. So kind of like a, if you ever saw the movie with Bernie Mac, Mr. 3000, kind of a similar kind of situation for for Cruck. And he is our number one draft pick for the beer league softball guys in Major League Baseball. But that is extra time immaculate grid this was grid 150 for the 30th 30th of august it is wednesday this is the bonus show for generations talking about my sports generations we'll see you tomorrow cheers